Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Today, we're going to recap and review South Central, a 1992 American crime drama that stars Glenn Plummer, Byron Minns, and Christian Coleman. This film was based on a 1987 book by Donald Bankier called The Original South Central L.A. Crips. And I actually like to read just a few sentences from Donald Bankier's website about the movie. The classic movie, which came out in limited release nationally for fear of inflaming the violence that surged in South Central LA and indeed around the country, became a hit in video, selling 50,000 copies to video stores the very first week that it was made available. Mm -hmm. For some, this information will be enough to consider this movie a classic, but today we will determine whether it is a classic <laughs> from other right perspective. We'll do a recap, we'll discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked especially for this discussion. Let's start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright, I'm the oldest. I'm Janaya Wright, I'm the middle. Hello, I'm Brittany Wright. I am the youngest, and I'm just on here today to show my eyebrows. <laughs> it's my only reason I'm not here to discuss anything, but just to show you how amazing they are. We have been doing really good. We've been doing really good. Was, yeah. Get it into it. In the words of Tabitha Brown, get into it. It's okay. just so unfortunate because our primary audience is audio. It's okay. And so, but you're but it seems that your primary reason for being here today is something only the video participants get a chance to well, enjoy. Well, well, that's obviously a duh. You're welcome for driving traffic to our YouTube channel. Let me just tell you this. That, uh, <laughs> That those eyebrows are so good. I believe people will be able to see them on uh, Apple Apple Play. To the voting symbol, you say? <laughs> Sounds great. Oh, eyebrows is the voting symbol. Please, it's not a good voting symbol. That's not a good For voting those, symbol. But everyone in the movie had eyebrows. For those that are new to our <laughs> podcast, we always pick a voting symbol that is dedicated to this, to the content that we're reviewing. And I have one to recommend for us, y'all. <laughs> and I think you're going to like it. I'm feeling very optimistic. I okay, would like to recommend, <laughs> I would like to recommend that we use a deuce. What is a deuce? A deuce, well, the way that they symbolized it in the movie was like a two of spades. Oh, okay. So, so a do a do a two of spades then? No, no, no. A deuce. Why? <laughs> <laughs> so I think vis you, visually, visually, yes, it would be a two of spades, <laughs> a playing card. That's visually how we would represent it. But what I'm actually proposing is the concept. Okay. Mm. Uh, because because when you think about yeah. Go what for it. we watched mm -hmm. in this uh, movie, mm. um, at its core, it was about it was about two men, a father. Well, uh, well, it was about a man and a boy, you know, really grappling with um, two two different realities. You know, the first reality was the one that they had um, emerged into. And it was, it was, um, you know, it was by nurture that they found themselves, you know, involved in gang life. And then there was a second, there was a second reality that they each got a chance to start to, to, to lean into 
in the movie. And it's so crazy because it was another path also as the result of nurturing, but it was with a more healthy and well-rounded and, and, um, and I would say kind of community facing and, um, you know, aspirational kind of, um, through line. Juice also represents this dichotomy. That's right. That's right. It's just Mm -hmm. that push and pull. You know, I'm thinking in, in particular, we had that moment where the son who had been forced to be to 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 be a grown up very early on because he was very alone and we had that that time where we watched him being 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 nurtured by a really loving mother figure and a nurse and we got to see him be a little boy for a little while we got to see that it kind of peak out just him being able to um you know thrive with a, just a different kind of shelter over his head emotionally so that is my proposal. It is the deuce. What you got, bro and sis? No, I'm on board, you know. I'm so myself. Yeah, I'm I'm here because I don't all I had was going to probably be a gun. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I'll take or that. Or jail over. or a little koofy hat. Um <laughs> or Well, let's go with Deuce. Let's go with Deuce. In order for South Central to be considered a classic from the right perspective, it must gain three deuces. It can't be, if it gets zero, one, two, or three, it will not be considered a classic. It must get three to be considered a classic from other right perspective. Now, if you're new to our podcast, there's another thing we got to let you know about, and that's that we kick off with a spoiler-filled recap. Why? Because our content is generally quite old, okay? And people haven't seen it in a while, so they need a refresher on the details. And sometimes people haven't seen the content, but they still want to enjoy the podcast. And so we do a really meaty recap. And we do that right before we get into discussion. And so, bro and sis, I'm going to kick that off. Recap of South Central. Our story starts in 1982, during the height of gang activity in Los Angeles. We meet two young men, Bobby Johnson, played by Glenn Plummer, and Ray DeWitt, played by Byron Menz. They have made their way into leadership of a gang called Deuce. Under their leadership, the group was poised to expand significantly in terms of turf and drug distribution. Now, there were a few people getting in the way of their expansion plans, including some of the old timer individual drug dealers, including a guy named Jeannie Lamp, played by Mm. Kevin Best. So naturally, as you do, they decided to kill him. Truthfully, that wasn't the only reason Jeannie Lamp needed to be killed. Bobby had been put away for a while during that time, and Jeannie Lamp had been canoodling with Bobby's girlfriend while Bobby was incarcerated. And Carol, um, Bobby's girlfriend and the mother of his child, played by Larita Shelby, had been on her own through the entire pregnancy um, and, and and the early months of the child's life. And during that time, she had clearly been doing whatever it took to get by and had become a drug addict in the process, okay? And Jeannie Lamp had definitely played a part in her addiction. And so again, Jeannie Lamp had a to go. 
Ray planned the murder and took care of all of the logistics and coordination in terms of um, organizing the group. But Bobby actually pulled the trigger, which meant that he and Carol and baby Jimmy had to go into hiding. Bobby took one night off from his vigilant hiding to joyride with his friends and got arrested when a police officer dressed as a prostitute jumped into the car and basically set them up. Once he was at the police precinct, the police coerced him into pleading guilty to the murder, alleging they had evidence. Of course, Bobby had no attorney present, but he kissed his son and went back to prison. He didn't turn anyone else in from the crew, so he was the only one that did time for that murder. At first, his incarcerated life really was an extension of his life on the outside because his gang was well represented inside the prison. Then, about 10 years into his time behind bars, a few things happened that made him start to really question the gang life. First, a fellow gang member that he used to hang with back in the day named Loco, played by Vincent Craig Dupree, ends up joining him in prison. And Loco was a mess. He wasn't just selling drugs all that time that they had been apart. He was also doing drugs all that time. And his mind, his body, his spirit had been completely ravaged by drugs, just completely ravaged. The second thing that happened is that Bobby found out that his son, Jimmy, who was 10 by then and going by the name J-Rock, had followed in his footsteps into the gang life and was apparently being onboarded into the gang like any other child from the neighborhood by slowly being given responsibilities to protect curf, uh, to protect turf and to commit petty crimes. Ray was supposed to be taking care of Carol and Jimmy while Bobby was incarcerated, but that clearly was not happening. Then the worst possible thing happens. Jimmy gets shot in the back while trying to steal a car radio for Ray. When Bobby hears that, he is livid. He quits the gang, okay, leaving himself completely unprotected in the prison. This made him a target for other gangs in the prison like the neo-Nazis. Fortunately, a cohort of righteous, respected Muslim men take Bobby under their protection because they can see that he is starting to realize that his gang life is not the solution for, for poverty or powerlessness or abandonment or any of the things that he was consciously or unconsciously seeking for it to be. In addition to negotiating sundries and labor to save Bobby's life from the neo-Nazis, they also challenged Bobby to start to think differently. Their leader was a man named Ali, played by Carl Lumley. Ali challenges Bobby to read books and to think critically about the cycles that had been playing out in his family. Bobby's father had been a deuce and was somewhere incarcerated and unable to be present for his formative years. And now Bobby was doing the exact same thing to Jimmy. Ali also challenged him to think about the horrible impact of drugs and gangs on the black community. Bobby was receptive. And over time, his mindset changed and he was able to demonstrate that mindset shift to the parole board. He was going home and it was just in time too. His son, Jimmy, had not been killed by the gunshot to his back, but he had been very seriously injured. It ended up being hospitalized for a very long time to recover. How was Carol handling all of this? Well, great question. She was totally 
numb. So strung out and wore out, she let Jimmy become a ward of the state while he was hospitalized, completely signed away her rights. In fact, she only came to visit him one time. And while she was there, all she could do is make disparaging comments. Fortunately, there was a very loving nurse at the hospital, Nurse Shelley, played by Starletta Dupois. She practically willed him back to life. And then through her loving care, she reminded him that he was a child deserving of love and protection. And I'm saying reminded, but really she probably taught him that. It's probably something he never ever gained as a life value. Eventually, the state came to take him from the hospital and she was so sad to see him go because she knew it would be a crapshoot from there, you know? But turns out it wasn't going to be a crapshoot, okay? Because Bobby was no longer incarcerated and he was on the hunt to find his son. And when he did find his son in a group home, Jimmy didn't even recognize Bobby. Jimmy's tough shell had come back since leaving the hospital and he was J-Rock again. And he was so angry with Bobby and so resentful about everything that had happened. He didn't even have words to articulate his feelings. And then Jimmy essentially rejects Bobby because he can't even process the thought of his father not being a gang member. His entire life, that's the only image that had ever been given to him. He just couldn't accept anything else. Jimmy eventually breaks out of the group home and goes to Ray, okay, Bobby's old deuce partner, to be hidden from the authorities. Bobby tracks Jimmy down and tries to convince him to go back to the group home so that Bobby can get custody of him in the right way so they can start a new life. Jimmy is not hearing it. You know, in fact, he's feeling more allegiance to Ray, who was at least around in some way during his life, feeling more allegiance to Ray than ever, because Ray has kidnapped the man that shot Jimmy in the back so that Jimmy can kill him. Killing, of course, would qualify any gang member for a promotion. And Jimmy wants that promotion. And so in addition to killing the man that shot him, he would get additional street cred. Bobby pleads with Jimmy not to kill the man, not to shoot the man. He also pleads with Jimmy to give their new future a chance. And at the same time that Bobby is pleading with Jimmy, Ray is literally on the other side telling Jimmy to kill that man that shot him and and, and ascend into the ranks of Deuce. Ultimately, Bobby convinces Jimmy to come with him and and then in, in exchange for their life, Bobby relinquishes his stake in the entire deuce drug ring so that he and his son can be free and break that cycle together. The end. Well, that was a very in-depth. Uh, I-, I could tell this movie must have impacted you. <laughs> it was, that was a fantastic and very detailed <laughs> recap. <laughs> Thanks, bro. I was telling Brittany, I was, I was trying to cut it down, but I, nothing could come out. You know, <laughs> like you need it. Well, I, I think we should start with you because after you watch this movie, and I'll tell you, this is an interesting one, because if I'm not mistaken, this was our first, the first time for all of us, right? That's right. None of us had seen this movie. Not, which is, which is very, I, mean, I can't remember the last time that happened, where none of us saw this. Oh, I didn't realize you hadn't seen it before, bro. I thought no. you saw it. I, oh, I wow. just, and it's funny because 
It's just, I never got around to seeing it. Mm -hmm. And like, I never wanted to watch it for the first time on like BET or something like that because right. you know I wanted to see the, and stuff out you know how it is and yes like, mm-hmm. like you can watch Boys in the Hood on BET but that, not the first time right. Like right. the first time you know what I mean you want to watch it how it's supposed to be watched it um, so I just just never got around to it and, but I hadn't realized that neither one of you all saw it either so yeah. I'm just saying this will be interesting convo for us seeing this classic hood movie for the first time all together. It's so true because most often one of us has recommended the movie for the po- the content mm-hmm. for the podcast. But in this case, it's because we are working toward a recap of Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood, by the way. <laughs> and so it was this like there's one... So it's so noble. And yes. I was like, there's one movie left in that title for us to get to. Oh, and it was this one. So I that was actually the, the reason. But I will tell you all, I am happy that we made our way to this one because we have been um, looking at so many different aspects of, um, you know, I would say Black life and experience uh, in the content that we reviewed um, in like the 80s and the 90s. And this was a really intentional look at gang culture. Very intentional. Now, you know, we have done other in the height of gang culture. We've done other content where it was present, but this was this was truly an examination of it. So I, I'm happy we, however we got here, I'm, I'm happy we made our way here. And Me bro, too. as someone who did watch all the other movies that were coming out around that time, would love to get your reaction, bro, to this story, to this story, to this focus. What did you think? Oh, well, I, I could just tell you that the, the story was so simple. Um, that it was complex, you know, it, it, mm. it was because the story was very simple, but it really was like, look, it was almost like they said, we got two hours to cover this topic and parts of everything that surround this topic. We're not going to be subtle. We are going to do a bulleted list mm-hmm. and confront all of these things. Yes. You yes. know, all of, mm-hmm. we're going to confront growing up without a father figure. We're going to confront doing that in the context of being around the gang. We're going to do the, uh, you know, the, the penal system. We're, we're, um, we're going to do not only that, but how, because if you notice, just like you said in the recap, he didn't even have his lawyer person. He didn't even, you know, they didn't really, one wonders what would happen if you would have just said, I want my lawyer. And just, but just so I'm just saying, all of these things, uh, uh, the drug addiction and how that impacts the next generation mm. and how it was started, the, the irony of he's involved in this industry, which is, ultimately the demise of his baby's mother, you know? And, and so it's just so many of these little things that it was just like, look, we don't have time. You can feel the urgency. Yes. Like we need to be clear about what we're saying. So I, I, I thought it was, it, the story was very well 
written and that it was simple, but this story could spawn a lot of conversation. Each one of those parts that you named, they could have all fleshed out to their own movie. Um, Easily. Carol, I I knew, I had to keep telling myself, this movie is not about Carol, it's not about Carol. But I wanted so badly to know her story. Mm. I wanted so badly to know what happened to her because she said she was by herself. So that means she had no mother, no father to help her. No, she's just out here trying to fix. She was a kid too. Because something that struck me was when in the beginning of the movie, he walked out of a youth detention. And I said, well, brother, you don't look very youthful. How long have you been in there? And so I was um, kind of looking at that like, these, these are kids. And I, I just was thinking to myself, man, I would love to see Carol's story. I would love to see the story of their fathers and how do started. Like, that's mm. a whole nother movie. But that, that, that could be a movie <laughs> that comes out now. And exactly. Like, 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 that is a good one. Like, what, what, what happened... Can you the, just imagine there's a whole the world. yes the other guy that um the other drug dealer that was got carol starting to do Jeannie drugs and genie lamb that's a whole nother movie because he came from like chicago or something oh like, you're talking he, about the, the, the pimp guy the yes. pimp guy yeah, okay yeah. got you got you yeah. he came from a whole nother place like that is a whole nother movie like that's a whole nother movie. i was like i will watch it these are these these I didn't think about three, it, but I would have watched Even watching yeah. Ray. So Ray's life is a movie. Mm. All of a sudden, you see Ray at one point, you know, he is like, listen, we're selling these drugs to the other people and getting them out of our community. Mm. Now you are affecting the community and making these little boys. Yeah, like, what happened? And so it's it and was one of those things. I was like, what? I want to watch it. <laughs> I want to see all these movies. And what about Ali's? Ali's story. Ali, the, the Muslim and the... And, yes, and, I forgot about that. That's a whole other movie. And the nurse. <laughs> the nurse. Nurse Shelley. Nurse her Shelley. story. We just see that her could story be a whole other movie. With, dealing with um, all the people who come in. Yes. And even the one that Brittany mentioned in our text that want to see South Central too. Like, so what happened to Bobby in the song? Like, <laughs> like, how did they make it? Like, oh. out of that room. Wait a minute. <laughs> I need some. I need some in the credits. I was like, and well, then they went on, and he graduated from Howard. Like, I need something <laughs> rounded out, please. <laughs> yo, with his cap on, like, exactly. <laughs> like, yo. I wanted so bad for him to like go get Carol. All of a sudden, Bobby has saved his entire family, this whole chocolate family. This whole chocolate family is saved. He got him out the hood. And now they're all hanging out with uh, Lawrence Fishburne from Boys in the Hood. <laughs> this, is, this is what was going to happen. That brings me, because I thought you should kick this off because you said the most interesting thing in the chat that I really felt like you meant. And you said, I actually need six, I forget what we were talking about, but you were like, I need six months to be compressed. <laughs> to process. <laughs> to process. You know, it's so funny because when I sent you all that text, like, I need six months to unpack this. Yes. It was because it just struck me. Um, it kind of like what Brittany was talking about, that there were so many layers yes. that they had introduced. I just started to think about Black nurses, you know? I think in the context of the pandemic, we have finally started to name, um, you know, the importance of nurses and how much, how vulnerable they are 
in the in these systems you know but i gotta tell you seeing that nurse shelly it just made me want to go find a book on like um the experience of black nurses over time and um and it, it anyway so bro it was more about me just going into this spiral of wanting to to dig into the historical context mm-hmm. of so many of these things um you know the also, also i think about the fact that we see all the time and and i know it's not just a trope i know it is a truth that there has um historically it's been that presence of like um Muslim ideology in incarcerated in spaces of incarceration, helping people to convert mindset. I was just like, gosh, I wonder if there was a book on that. It was, it was just like, gosh, there's so many layers here. And I almost, it felt, it made me want to do an, it made me want to take on like an academic, you know, unpacking of everything that was in, in, in the movie that Ali character first of all I was cracking up because I was like listen when your mindset changes they let you wear dashikis in prison I want everybody to know that I said well I said oh this crew they got outfits I was like look at this <laughs> and you get to wear dashiki everybody's gonna wear this ugly blue shirt but the, the other uh. time I was like I really I don't know we right as children we grew up as Christians and so that is like really the base of what we know a lot of. Um, but I personally have not gotten very much into learning more about things like Islam and stuff like that. But something I always recognize is the way they their men are taught to handle themselves and how they carry themselves. And when I see instilling that confidence into someone, instilling that self-worth, that value, it makes you look so different and to be so different. You're seeing yourself no longer as an animal, as so many people love to say, well, I'm this, I'm that, you know, people use the B word to describe themselves and all the time and all these different things. And, you know, all those things can be fun, but there are often times we are treating ourselves as if we are animals. And so to have someone come alongside you and say, no, you are human. You have always been a human and you are a great human. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that you need to know about yourself, your history, and how we will go forward as a people. Every time I see that, I love it. Every piece of it, I love it and I admire it because you can just see Bobby's change, even in his hair. It was just so crazy to just, his hair was kind of, you know, just it wasn't, maybe wasn't combed and all these different things. Now all of a sudden it's combed, it's, it's back. Like he just, how he, his clothes, how his clothes were carrying, him standing up upright, just these different things. I just really appreciated seeing that change and how it wasn't some situation where oftentimes where it's like, you know, you can go to a conference, a weekend conference and be like, mm, I'm proud. Yes, I'm about to do this. There's a difference between getting jazzed up from a weekend conference and getting jazzed up for your life. Yes. 
and you becoming a new person or the better version of yourself. Not saying that you forget where you come from. Not saying that you are like, mm, I'm done with that. And now I'm I'm the best me and everybody else is the worst. No, you're not doing that. You're learning from where you are. You're even being like, man, that was my story, but it doesn't have to be the rest of my life. And so I just really loved that transition. And it's a very much a... I think um, a call out to say, you know what, when you stop and you concentrate on you, it shifts not just your life, it shifts future generations. Mm -hmm. Whoever whoever comes in contact with you, they're impacted, Mm -hmm. whether you're trying to or not. Why? Because you are so wrapped up in making sure that you are being a positive force for yourself, you can't help but be a positive force for those who are around you. You have real self-confidence, not arrogance, not bravado, but real true Mm self-confidence. You notice that like when, when you saw it, they actually put it in a moment where one of the neo-Nazis after they made this agreement for him to be their servant, for a certain amount of time to repay the debt. He came and said, sign the shoes. You know, like that's how, you know, you're supposed to sign these suits. And you can see that, you can see the transition of, I, you know, how I would normally respond, how I normally would check you because I'm trying to prove myself. But then it's like, I'm so far above this. I don't even have to prove myself right here. And it was just that moment of, of enlightenment where it's just like, Wow, all of this is happening below me. It would take so much less energy for me to just shine these shoes again. You and it's like totally. you also saw the power of your opponent being taken away because when you're demolished, opponent, when your opponent <laughs> can't make you mad, they have no control over. They have no power. And that's the thing that people don't understand. If someone can make you mad, they have control over you. Mm-hmm. And they can, make you do things that could harm the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. What if he would have gotten mad, got into a fight, now he's missing his parole. Now he can't save his son. All of that, just because you couldn't go shine the shoes. You know, and it's just not worth it. Beautiful how um it's like, no, this is how you display real strength. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. how you display real true strength. And being able to display these lessons, but not only just that, also pushing it on to the next generation. Yes. And I love the messages of taking self, uh, taking responsibility, mm. 100% responsibility because, you know, look, everybody has different circumstances that get you to wherever you are. But at the end of the day, your decisions got you to where you are. Mm-hmm. So you over here talking, you're in jail. And I just love how he confronted him because he's in jail saying, man, Ray Ray's doing this, that, and the other thing with my son. He was like, where were you? Right. And then his, I, he wanted to say, well, you know, basically I'm in jail, but you can see the uh, thought process happening. Well, I am here because of something I did. You know Account- what I'm like? That is accountability. Yes. Taking accountability for your own actions. For your actions. Yeah. It doesn't matter the circumstance where they came up in. You did it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, it's because like, now, because if you don't have that, you can't move forward. Because until you take responsibility, 
you can't move forward. You can't. Yeah. It's that individual accountability. And also it was about, um, you know, a responsibility to community. You know, one of the messages you heard a lot was like, Ali was saying, um, bless yourself by blessing someone else. You know, he was saying it's not just about having faith and doing hard work. It is about helping other people. It was like faith, hard work, help, you know, and um, and it was wonderful kind of like holistic values Mm -hmm. and. I started to, um, I was thinking about, you know, and we've talked about this a lot, just in dissecting our own childhoods and um, examining, you know, the, you know, the, this conversation of the two parent household and um, the, um, this discussion of the, the, the male energy and the, the, the female energy being present together to create um, a balanced, you know, a balanced person, you know, and I'm, I'm, shorthanding a lot but that that conversation we've talked about a lot uh and i thought about in this movie it was ali it was a man it was a man nurturing a man that um really helped bobby to start to find some balance emotionally Mm -hmm. and for jimmy the little boy it was a woman it was it was a woman, it was a mother figure, a nurse, Nurse Shelley, that started to help him, you know, start to find some balance to, to be able to be a child. And so I just thought that was really interesting because it helped, I think, drive home a truth that is that people don't like sometimes. People want a narrative that says that a one parent household can't get the job done well. People say that, you know, it's a narrative that's out there. But the truth is that love and nurturing and and truly, I think, just that focused energy of of trying to help a person actualize it, it, however it gets to you, it just needs to get there. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the responsibility we have to take. We have to just be committed to making sure that all of our children and all of us just have that energy around us. And there's no one way for it to to get to you, you know. Mm -hmm. And certainly I'm not discounting the value of a two parent household. But I just thought, gosh, this movie creates an opportunity to um, to turn that narrative on its head just a little bit. I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk about the acting because in the movie we're trying to get to don't be a menace you know they have so many moments where the guy will come in like message you know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, because in this movie there was a lot of those moments so many good moments they were just being direct and it was just weird how. This could be Cordy, but it's just not. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Know. I think it was the acting, bro. I think it was the writing, but I think you're right that it was. It was. It was definitely the storytelling. It was definitely the story, and the way that they brought so many complex layers together. But I think it was the acting, because there's a way to overact being a gang member. Why do? How do we know? We've seen it a million times. Right. There is a way to open. I didn't see now one flannel shirt in this movie. <laughs> so, so they were, to my my opinion, they were not gang members. I did not see one flannel shirt. <laughs> yeah. 
there's also a way to overact being drug addicted. There's a way to, to just make caricatures of all of these kinds of, um, of these, of these, these archetypes, but this, the, the, these actors, the way that they showed up so truthfully in these characters, I just think, um, you know, it, it helped to, to, have the viewer walk away understanding that this isn't just a story that's being told. This is something that's really happening out here. This is, these cycles are playing out in a very real way because we were seeing like this truthful holding of like the impact. Carol's um, story, my goodness, you know, she, there were times where she, that, that actress had one line that could convey, that had to convey 10 years. Years. Of what yes. happened. And that actress, I got to pull up her name again, because she, she we, wa- we watched her carrying the weight. Her name is Larita Shelby. Listen here, Larita Shelby. One thing I do want to say, I know, because Aubrey said something about corny. There were some parts that were a little corny to me. When he was like, when he walked in, when, when they were at the hospital and Nurse Shelley rolled him into the uh, ping pong table <laughs> and he was like, this is honky ball. I don't want to play this honky ball. I said, who wrote this line? No, listen. I don't know, but it worked. I, I didn't like, it I don't understand, but it was definitely corny. <laughs> but so somehow corny. it worked. It was, just I, like, it was like, I know this is corny. That's what I want so But I, was, it was still but, worked. It's, I don't feel like it's corny. It, it, it doesn't make you roll your ass. It yeah, it like, didn't make me roll my yeah, eyes. Yeah, because it was it was that this the, bo- the a, a it wasn't choice. that the that the line was corny in the way that it was written, or that the it was corny in the way that the actor delivered it. It was a little boy saying something corny. I also in that scene was excited to see Shelly's response to him. She didn't scold him. She didn't say, don't say that word. Don't do these things. She chuckled and she was just kind of like, it's not that. Everybody plays this. Mm -hmm. And she was like, and then she just started playing. And she was like, oh, I'm going to beat you. And then (laughs) (laughs) she could tell she had seen it a million times. Exactly. It didn't faze her because she was like, this is a little... Oh. Because, because in the, such, this is a baby. This is that was the, baby. That was the, that was the mastery of the writing, where you're giving hints into this whole world, yes. which is which is what we're talking about. Just like, um, like we we're talking about Carol. Carol, it was very subtle. You know, when she first saw Bobby get back from Junior, the 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 detention center, and she was like. Oh, Bobby, you know, I didn't know you was getting out. I would have did my hair song, you know? And then mm. it was just a small, you know, line. Ooh. And then later on, when he got out of jail after a decade, she's all strung out. And it's like the first thing she said, oh, Bobby, I didn't know you was getting out. Muscle I memory. did my hair song. Mm. And mm. what I'm saying is, is in that moment, you see you saw the weight of how much she been through, right, wrong, up, down, whatever. She been through a lot. She worked through a lot and is still in the same place. Yep. You know, and and, yep. and and we recognize that in life. You know, we see people who have just been through so much to get 
to the same place. And what I'm just saying is these little peers of the story gets you to feel the whole story without even seeing it. Mm-hmm. Just like when, because there were other parts where people would get into the acting that really hit me. Like when Ali, when Bobby said, oh, you're going to preach to me now. And Ali was like, and you're going to listen. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. And it made me rewind it. I actually rewinded that scene a couple times because I don't know where that actor was pulling that from, but it came from somewhere real. Yeah, and I'm did. just saying that it was, he was, but you could just feel that was a moment where that energy was needed to penetrate Bobby's shell. That's he, right. Like, Listen. Like, like, look, I know you think you're bad, but please understand, I'm doing work to keep myself, you know, and, and, and it's like he just wrecked it out. And even though it was over the top, it was just powerful. It and was, so I'm just saying, it was appropriate. All these little moments, so give you appropriate. These peers into this whole world that we get to see in this movie. Including, including the characters that you don't love or care for by the end of the movie. Yeah. So we're all by the end, we're very upset with Ray. Okay. We're upset with Ray for many reasons. We're upset with, with Ray because he is, first of all, um, he has uh, made the gangs much bigger. He has increased drug distribution in the community. So we're mad at him because of that. We're mad at him because he didn't do his part to take care of Carol and Jay and Jimmy while Bobby was away. Bobby could have named names. Bobby didn't. And all Ray had to do was take care of Carol and Jimmy. And he wasn't doing it. So we, we didn't need Ray for that reason as well. Um, we're really upset with Ray because at the end of the movie, when when Jimmy has a, has an opportunity to be reunited with his father, Jim, Ray can't even get out of his own way enough to just let, let the boy go with his father, okay? And as much as you're like, Ray, just please stop. We hate you. You're also completely understanding why he is the way he is. And you can understand. I I didn't hate, I didn't hate Ray in this whole movie. I I will tell you, I was so, you know, and I'm saying hate, but you understood where he was coming from because number one, this was a person who had a business mind and leadership aptitude. And this was the business and the team. Okay, and so the whole time you're just watching him fulfill his potential in in the way that he could based on the circumstance that that you knew was available to him. Mm -hmm. And then at that end, when you're watching him fight for um, the little boy to fight for, for Jimmy to stay with him as much as you're like, let him go with his father. You're also thinking, you know, Ray's entire reality um, you know, it depends on his what he is doing remaining valid. We got to see that the redemptive qualities in the people that didn't have redemption in their story arc in in the movie itself. Well, for me, when it came to the what was his name? The one I was getting people. Jeannie Lamb. <laughs> Jeannie Lamb. You first of all, why are you just up here making people? You will make somebody sniff some crack. Okay, well that's just what. But man, it didn't. And I was so thankful it didn't happen. Didn't work for Bobby. Bobby still was like, "This is terrible. I'm never doing this again." Um, 
but Ray's character. Mm. Uh, I remember when I saw him kind of, Ray wasn't Ali, but uh, misinformed. <laughs> and the way that Ray was Ali, a misinformed Ali, was there was this one part in like towards the beginning <laughs> of the movie where Ray was like, talking to Bobby, he just got out. He was like, this guy, he's up here. He's about to destroy our community. He was like, with this, with these drugs and stuff. And he was like, you know, we got to protect the children and our bitches. And I was like, well, Ray, I see where you're going. You want to protect the people. <laughs> it couldn't just be your women? Okay. But I understood his heart. And that's why but he also, was a, it's like protecting them from his drugs. And do, <laughs> so they'll do our drugs. Like, well, so that's the thing. Ray didn't want to sell drugs in his community. Ray wanted to get the blocks and protect them from drugs and go sell the drugs elsewhere. At least that was my understanding of what Ray was trying to do. That's why I was like, he's a misinformed Ali. He wants to protect his community. But I was like, Ray, I think I think we could I go about this a different way. It's like, it was like, I think we could but, go about this a different but way. But you know what? It, it's, it's, um, but, but he wanted to support their businesses. <laughs> but that's that's also something that's very true that um, you meet individuals who have these aptitudes that if they were born in a different circumstance, it would you know, manifest very We said about the wire. We said that about the wire. Yeah, like says, every kid. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, it's like you see these skill sets would have manifested just differently in a different storyline, you know, but they have it. You know, a leader's a leader, no matter where you put them. Wherever you go. And, um, that was another part of the tragedy. Let, let me ask mm. you all this. Mm. Wait, no, really... before you ask your question, I went, I never talked about Carol. I, I don't want to miss mm. us talking about Carol. Don't forget your question, bro. You remember it? Did mm. I just sear it into your brain? Go ahead. <laughs> don't forget it. <laughs> I just wanted to say about Carol that um, her acting was so good in this role of showing someone young who did not have any guidance and was doing the best she could. Clearly. And trying to still be young, but pushed into this, not pushed, but um, in this place now of where you need to be mature or you're supposed to be because you have another person's life in your hands. Right. There was a part that broke my heart. The part that you talked about, bro, when you said when he first came back and she was like, you know, I would have did my hair. Mm. Um, her face when she first saw him, it was like memories flashing her mind of how much she loved this man. But then when she was reminded of how she has not done right, her choices have not been super awesome um, in the time that he has been gone. And then she tried so hard to go by him because Bobby started to lead with fear. So he put them in the hiding after he, they killed the other drug dealer guy. She didn't, of course, like that life because her life of partying has started to really take root and take over. When she realized, then when she came back, he came back and he was looking for their son. And he was not there. When she said goodbye to him, 
she came in to get some clothes and was just like, you know, talking to such and such. It's like your nose, your back. And you haven't come in to see her and everything. And she sees him. She's just talking, not paying him any attention. But he's sitting on the couch and he's crying. She comes over to him and she hugs him and she begins to cry as well. Seeing her have that struggle of knowing that there is this life that could possibly be different, could possibly be better to know that she hasn't done the things that she would have probably wanted to do. But for some reason, she's powerless to do them. And seeing her say goodbye. She wasn't saying goodbye like, oh, I'll see you later when you get to the house. No, this was a goodbye of I'm probably never going to see you again. And you're about to live a life that I I can't live. But I think about her character and what would have happened if she would have came back to the hospital a few more times and got an opportunity to interact with Nurse Shelley. Because when she came around and she was upset and really on the defense because there was, of course, blame, right? I'm sitting there. I'm looking at my only baby. He's only able to lay on his stomach because someone shot him in his back as a 10-year-old. I'm dealing with all these things, knowing that I was somewhere sleeping in bed while he was out stealing radios and strung out. And I come into the hospital and I know that this is the last time I'm going to see him. Because I know I can't do right by him. I know I can't be the person that he needs. And to see Nurse Shelley not sit up here and say something crazy to her, say something disrespectful to her, make her feel lower than she already feels. She knows that how she's acting right now in this moment is a defense mechanism. And being like, oh, well, you know, he ain't going to be no good. Da, da, da. It's almost one of those things that you hear people who um, have family members that are going to be gone for a period of time, like if they're in military or something. So they'll start an argument just because they're going to be gone for a while so they can, you know, kind of get that energy out and all those different things. And so it makes me think about just how well he was going to be a screw up anyway, you know, just but really on the inside, she's like, I've done you a disservice. And I know that you have no chance on thriving if you're with me. But also, but again, if she would have had an opportunity and came back a couple more times, I believe Nurse Shelley could have been an Ali for her, could have been to show her some love and compassion and say, you know, start talking to her about different things and in different ways and teaching her, you know, to become a better version of herself. But we just didn't, of course, see that. So I just wanted to talk about Carol and how complex her character was, even though we only saw her a few times. Yeah, they, um, they accomplished it in a very short amount of screen time. Mm-hmm. With strong they, they writing did. and really so strong well. acting. So it well. was it was her story was was all the layers were there. And, um, you know, and again, so many unanswered questions, but all the layers were present. You know, there was mm-hmm. also a piece of Carol that was just about, um, you know, giving up over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It was just like a constant, like not being able to believe that um, things could be okay or would be okay or could get better or would get better. And so it was truly, um, it was like when we first met her, it was like there was still some of the light of hope in her eyes. And by the end of the movie, it was almost, it was, it was, there was a piece of it that was about her not only letting go of a lot of, of possibilities for life, but it was for value for life. 
It was almost like, Absolutely. I don't know if you're going to be dead. I don't know if I'm going to be dead. Who knows? Bye. You know, it was just nothing. Nothing can be held on to yeah. nope. as a theme and kind of. So it was just very well done. And the absolutely the writer of the book, he um, he did a ton of research. He did, I think it was something like 300 interviews. Mm, um, and so wow. this, it was fiction, but it was based on so research. Interviewing types Chris. of people who were in the, oh, okay. Okay. That was so, what I read. It was like, I think he interviewed over 300 so deuce, gang members. So the deuce was basically the Crips. Yes. Just, okay. I got yes, you. it I was got because the actual book that, um, you know, this movie was based on was explicitly about the Crips. It was the original South Central LA Crips. Man. And so this this meeting that one meeting author, we got a chance to, to see them have. I was like, this is a very productive meeting. Mm-hmm. It had goal setting and everything. And I was just like, why team can't building? all meetings be? It had team building. There was camaraderie. I said, why can't all meetings be like this? This is a yeah. great meeting here. Yeah. And they they set out for some goals and doggone it if they didn't, you know, really create an empire <laughs> across counties. I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Let's, talk about, know, let's talk about, uh, no, let's ahead, talk about the, uh, the set pieces and the music and all of that was, you know, no, you, I, I, was that your question? I, I know you were going to forget but, but, but what I'm saying is, is I felt like they really transplanted us into that era. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I felt like they did really well. I felt like they did well with the 10 year transition because he might have looked a little older to be playing the young Bobby, but that transition from young to old was pretty remarkable. Like when he was lifting weights and stuff in in jail. So I, I just thought they did really well with all of the makeup, the the the, um, the, the, the uh, cost of the wardrobe and, and all that was. So what did you all feel about? All that, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, I thought the I thought they did a great job of setting the scene to bring the stories to life. You know, there are a lot of ways to show poverty. There's a there are a lot of ways to show um, you know, gang activity. And I appreciate that they really did a, I thought it was truthful, but also again, it wasn't a caricature. It wasn't like um when they were in the home um, that Carol was was maintaining as best she could. It wasn't like they just had drugs all over the place or, you know, you know, they didn't have men coming in and out. It wasn't a caricature. It was just, it was a home that she was trying to keep together through a severe drug addiction, you know, and, and a lack of resources and support, but it didn't look like a home that nobody was trying to take some pride in. So I agree with you, bro. I think the set was another place where it was careful and not overdone. And there's one music moment that sticks out for me. And it was at the very top when we first meet um, the young men. We meet Bobby coming out of the detention center, and he is. Um, there are is a car. There's a car car full of his friends waiting for him, and they're playing the song "Roll Bounce," and that's just a fun song. 
Okay, a hundred years from now, that's going to be a fun song that makes you want to know how to roller skate if you can't. You just want you want to put on roller skates and go in, in some short, tight green shorts with a yellow trim. Okay, <laughs> that's what that song makes very you want to do. I would love to see that off of them. This is going to be. This is very specific. <laughs> That, that doesn't come to mind for everybody, but I mean, like, but the with, point, those, with those words that have like several colors in them because they're exactly. like psychedelic, I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> and the nice high socks, the I nice, mean, I the, mean. Uh, and the tall <laughs> socks with the stripe around. Um, listen, so Sandra, those roller videos that go viral. Do make me want to learn how to roll this. Don't they? I mean, it's so yeah. and the crazy part to know that we all grew up going to go roller skating Spinning all the time, oh, all the time. Spinning how wheels. and how I don't because I don't know how to roll. Yeah, I don't know how to roller skate, and I feel terrible about that. What? I I'm not gone, good at it. I have gone recent. I I I do roller skate. I do. It's yeah. a part of my mm-hmm. current life. Well, the point is that that top notch, super fun song was playing. And it was one of those moments where you're like meeting a group of kids in a car and that's what they were. And just if it, if he had just been coming out of a house, you know, if he, he could have been coming out of anywhere and it was just a, a guy going to go meet his guy friends, young guys in a car, you know? And so it was one of those moments. It was, it was two beats, but it was, it was showing just, that again is back to the, the duality. It's like these are these are these are just young guys, and they want to have fun and they want to be carefree, but they are also embroiled in this 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 other reality that that's playing out. But it was yeah. a chance for us to see how, how that they just they were kids, and I thought that song they could have played any song. They could have played a a gangster rap song. You know, they could have played a violent song. They could have played a sad song. They could have played no song, but they specifically picked a fun song. So I, and I thought that was thoughtful. I guess I'm thinking hard, right? But oh, there oh, were oh. <laughs> there weren't any like super violent interactions with the police in this movie. Well, um, emotionally violent. Yeah. Mentally violent. Like in the and that was inside the police precinct. Yeah. I mean, the, the truth is like the police were a threatening and abusive and manipulative presence. Well, yeah, because but they I, didn't do a whole bunch of throwing people up against but, the wall. But, but I but I and I don't I'm not an expert on this, but I would probably say what they dealt with was probably a much bigger issue. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact of not knowing and understanding your rights. Um, like if you watch Absolutely. if you watch first 48. So that part, yes. Um, if you're watching first 48, and again, I'm not. I'm just saying that these youths are in in the system without the same level of knowledge that other people have when they enter in the system. Because because if you watch First 48, and I'm not debating the morality of rightness or wrongness or whatever, I'm just saying the fact that there are certain rules in this system that 
they don't take advantage of. Like, you ever watch First 48? It's so many times that you have the cops in the other room and they'll be like, we don't have anything. We don't have any evidence. We don't have any witnesses. And then they'll go back in the other room and you just wonder, why don't they, don't they watch TV? Just say you want a lawyer. Just to mm-hmm. say you want a lawyer. But they'll just keep talking to him and talking mm-hmm. to him and mm-hmm. talking to him. Mm-hmm. And then they just incriminate themselves. And all I'm saying is, I know that there's all kinds of issues in, 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 within that. But I'm saying, I don't think this movie had an absence of that. I think it just showed it in a way that is very impactful in a different World. See, and that is that is the point. That right there. You didn't see a bunch of the stereotypical, which and it's not really stereotypical, it's probably mm-hmm. happening right now as we talk. Mm-hmm. But someone, you know, just you're throwing them places. up in a hundred different places. You're throwing them up, guns pointed. You didn't see those things happening, but it wasn't as if it wasn't happening. And I but I appreciated them showing how. How it can, it doesn't have to be you shooting someone running with you. It can be you're sitting there and we have evidence. Do you though? And we have evidence of you, you are the one that did this, killed this man, and you just know it's gonna be it for you. Mm-hmm. You just know that, yeah. So that that part, like and yeah. there's the the general, you know, you know, I think about things like like the stop and frisk kinds of laws and these other things that just assume that young black people are guilty of something mm-hmm. and that if you just bring them back and run the prints, they're, they're up. They, they were up to something. They're they will up be up to something. something better to get them into the system so that we'll, when they do do something, we'll know who they are um, or they've done it already. Now this will be our chance. We watched, um, they were flirting with a girl and they did not solicit a prostitute. They were just flirting with a girl. That's all. She hops in the she car. She jumped in the car. She hopped in the car and then arrested them for solicitation. When, they, when she was talking to them, I said, I was like, this is a police officer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said it to them. I was like, I can't believe this, this is a police officer. This yeah. has to be a police officer. It, but it, 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 was so a compl- it was a complete setup, you know? And then he gets can, in the precinct. Can I also just say on that scene, it was an example of how she even knew that she wasn't really removing a threat. Because if you were that threatened, you wouldn't have gotten in that car. But just, just, just knowing that she got in the car just speaks to, you wouldn't have gotten in the car with three hardened criminal, uh, you know what exactly. I mean? Like, people, like you just wouldn't have put yourself, but just the fact that you knew you could literally get in the car, there was something that sense this wasn't as, this, Situation you weren't at all un- under to totally, totally. Yeah. It was like her job was just to go round them up. It wasn't to get people who were breaking the law. Mm-hmm. It was just to round them up, just to get them. And so they weren't doing anything. Again, young guys in a car, and she just now, hops in that and baby, pulls out her gun. <laughs> that and baby now wasn't takes in the car. Them. The baby wasn't in the car seat. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> we're going to around really just holding about, this baby. I don't know if worried about that. In, in, nobody, in, nobody in, was worried about it, but it's just like, <laughs> exactly, it wasn't even a worry. But that, mm. I think, just showing this other side of police presence 
is so I thought South Central did an amazing job mm-hmm. of I, it doesn't have to be always showing how oh, okay they're in the community just walking around doing stuff no these strategic I'm like y'all have talked about before or bro maybe was you just talking about that show where it's like setting up people to go steal a car or something like that and oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah it's, where, they it's like, the where they just uh, leave the car open with the running with, with the, keys the keys in it. it. Like, first of all, whoever goes to steal the car, you almost deserve to get caught because that's stupid. Why just a nice car in the middle of nowhere? Okay, don't do it. But it, but at any rate, but you know but, what, Britt? It's it, it's it, it's a good example because there was one episode where the guy got the car pull you know pulled off. And they got ready to do their thing because they could stop the car. But they tried to stop it. And they were looking over the thing. It was like, it's already stopped. And it was, and the guy was playing basketball. And so they came over and they were like, you know, did you take this? He was like, yeah, man, somebody left it running. I figured I should pull it over and just put the key there for when he comes back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy they showed that. I'm happy they showed that though, because I think they had to, because it was like, yo. And it was almost, they were almost disappointed. Like, yeah, you know, sometimes people are really trying to do the right thing. It's like, y'all yeah, don't want them to do the right thing. That's not y'all goal. Yeah, but, <laughs> but the reality is, it's like, you know, many times by that time, the person is dead already or shot or tased or That's attacked. Right. And Bumping. so, and the other thing is like the fact that the whole like process of like determining guilt it happens before the person has gone through any of the process. Until a person has been convicted through that process uh, that's supposed to be like the court of law, you are innocent. But with Black people and with the experience, you just, and if that's what you saw in Bobby's character, you know, he had no, he didn't ask for, he didn't ask for a, a lawyer. He didn't expect to have any opportunity to plead None. in any case. It was just like, well, they have me and I'm I'm going now to be incarcerated because it just was inevitable. And it's just it's just so again, this is another one of the ways in which the movie took the, a larger, huge cycle and just in one scene showed us the entire thing, which was a black man sitting in a um, a room with police officers, knowing that the truth didn't matter that he wasn't going to get a fair process, that no one was going to be advocating for him, and that whatever the police said would, would end up being the truth. Let me just say goodbye to my son. That's it. Let me just say goodbye. I I know we're coming up on time, yeah. but I want us to talk about the very last scene in mm-hmm. the movie. Mm-hmm. So um, Listening to Bobby say to Ray... I want to give Jimmy something you and I never had. And that is a father. He was like, we did, we weren't raised with our fathers. Give us the opportunity. Give me the opportunity to give him something we never had. And to see Jimmy, who is just a little boy. I think that's something that we talk about and it's talked about in so many things, how um, innocence is removed 
from our children, black children so quickly. It is. It is not anything in, and black in black people, we're guilty of removing this innocence from our children as well. But I know that that's from a systemic place that we remove because we almost have to, because I have to tell you as my 10 year old child, you are going to be treated as an adult if something happens. You don't I have get, to you don't, warn you. You can't have 10 year old judgment. You have you to can't have, have your, you can't have, have better judgment than that. And so now I have to raise you in an adult way because I know you're going to be treated as an adult. So in this moment, you're able to see Jimmy, who is now trying to be hard and wants to be a part of Deucey's ready to kill the man that shot him. Oh, wow. Like you're not teaching him to understand you went into his property, into his car, and you were about to steal his radio. Not saying that this gives this man a reason to shoot you, but what I am saying is that you did not put yourself in a good situation. But instead of being able to teach that, which Bobby was trying to say, listen, you have to go back. You have to go back to this to the to the house. You have so I can get you and we can you can live a better life. But this is not the life you want. This life had me in jail for 10 years. This life had me away from you. And to see Ray on the other end going against what his initial mindset was, which was to protect his community. Mm. He wanted so badly to protect his community, the kids, the women. He wanted to get these things out of his community and make his community better. Mm. Dispense men to these blocks to say, hey, you take care of this corner, you take care of this corner, and you make sure that men, the women and children on these corners are protected because this is your area. And something happens to them, it's your fault. This is what Ray's initial mindset was. To see him transition into now wanting to help this little boy kill this man, destroy his psyche at a 10, at 10 years old, because you can't forget that. That's not something, you know, you know, we do things sometimes as kids and, you know, it is what it is. But murdering someone Bobby at said close that. range on purpose. Bobby said that he said, and, and I, this may not be the exact quote. This is what I have in my notes. Mm-hmm. But he's in my notes. He said, Jimmy, son, if you hit a man, his wounds will heal and you can apologize. If you steal, you can bring the snack back. No, you can bring the goods back. If you kill a man, his life is gone forever. You can never come back from that. Like you can't, you can't apologize. Mm-mm. Jimmy, and son, if you hit a man, his wounds will heal and you can apologize. If you steal, you can bring the goods back. If you kill a man, funny. his life is gone forever. You can never I come back from that. I think, I think there are going to be a couple of lines and don't be a menace that make more sense now. Because I think they, <laughs> I think they referenced that. But I, but I want to say of that of that last scene. What I really loved about it is I, I didn't know how I was going to end. I like because you it have true. you have the boys in the endings where it's like you know Trey was at Morehouse, and, you know, across the street from uh, whatever, I forget her name, but as Feldman. And, but then you have the Minister Society endings where it's like, I'm dead already. My grandpa once yeah. asked me, <laughs> my grandfather once asked me if I want to live, and I said I didn't. No, I do, but it's too late, you know, however right. 
And you got those right as, well. as you're packing the car to leave. Yeah. Why do this to so, us? So, but what I'm saying is, is that up until that last moment, I didn't know how they were going to play this out. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know. Scary. And I thought that was really good writing that up until the very last moment, he was stretching and they didn't do it too long, but they really, you know, gave that, mm-hmm. they really gave that moment enough time to breathe where you just saw these two worlds mm-hmm. just, and I would have been okay either way, honestly. Like, like if it was, uh, uh, you know, just a story about how everything doesn't always end up good, mm. I would have been okay. But I was also just very happy when he got out. Like, and just seeing all the different moments of, I could shoot this dude in the head. I'm mm-hmm. capable of shooting Ray mm-hmm. Ray. I've I've shot before. I could fight. You see, I took took out the one the the, the henchman. It's like I have all these strengths, but it goes back to the lessons he was learning with Ali. But I could show even greater strength. I have a couple of those quotes. I have a couple of those Ali quotes. And before before, because this is the last thing I gotta say about. But in that him showing his son. That because one thing we knew uh, is that our parents, you know, our dad will definitely die for you. You know, like our dad would do anything in his power to um, protect his children. And when you just saw him talking to Ray Ray, like I'm ready to die for my son right here, right now. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And you can just see the, uh, you know, Jimmy just is like, yo, mm-hmm. I, like he never felt that before. You know what I mean? It, it was just like, no, I'm not leaving. I'm Even with you fighting against me, everybody in this room fighting against me, but I don't care. I'm here. And for I'm you, either leaving with son. you mm-hmm. or I'm dying. We, so, I'm da- pick it. You know, and you can just see, mm. I'm just saying, when they got to the, I, I just really felt that scene could have went either way until the very end. And I felt like they did a great job of that. Oh, such a they good point. They did do. Yeah. Cause it could have gone either way. It really could have, it could have gone like five different ways. Yeah. You know, cause it, cause <laughs> the potential endings, Jimmy could have shot the guy that killed him. Ray could have killed both of them. You know, it might, we might've seen a situation where um, Bobby backslid and ended up falling back into vices. You know, it could have been a situation where Ray and Bobby got killed and Jimmy was on his own for real. You know, if there were just- Or, 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 or they could have did something that, and this would have been out of character, but they could have had it be a thing where like, Bobby just for this last time, you know, killed these dudes and got away with it. Kind of- and it's like, no, that's not what I really wanted to see. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see the message of message of him, you no know, love, strength, the, the real strength superseding all of this. Mm. And and I and I just loved how they fighting for his son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not with like he had to get a little physical just to, you know, put it, put it to a place where they could 
you know what I'm saying, talk. Because it was just like, and the, the way it was all set up, he had this dude, you know, it, it was just the power dynamics for two minutes. So he had to do a little bit to just get it, you know. It was part of advocating yeah. for Jimmy. Yeah. You know. And, and- but, but he didn't take it to where he could have took it. It was just Absolutely. showing that strength, the character that, mm. like, right now I got to, I'm not trying to be the baddest dude in this room. I'm trying to get my son. That's it. And that's that I told Ali I would die for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and so his so commitment, good. his commitment yeah. to Ali. And, you know, early, um, there was also the part in the movie where he went to the group home to visit Jimmy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the amount of red tape that he was going to have to go through to be able to see Jimmy through a legitimate process where he was going to have to come on a certain day, get certain levels of permission just to be able to see. They were making Jedi, it listen, so listen. hard. Jedi, you know, I, you just make, because if we keep doing this, we're, we're not going to be able to wrap up. But I'm just saying, in that scene, that was also part of his uh, training or influence but Ali showed because that was another moment where <clears throat> he's in the in the right morally. And he could have blew up. And oftentimes we do blow up. And you can see, you know, because all the frustrations manifesting in this moment. And you see it happen a lot. But that discipline where he was just like and it would have been, it would have been. It would have been legitimate reason to blow up. He's basically he's there to visit his son. And the guy is like, visiting day is Thursday and it's Friday. And he was like, okay. Um, you know, and then he's like, well, and visitors, it takes 30 days to get clearance to be on the list. We and then, you know, we have to get permission from the state. And your parole officer is gonna have to give you permission. And and the county is gonna have to give you. And it was truly, it was, was and his tone and the amount of um, stupidity that it was going, that the the process that needed to be, to, to, to be navigated, it was a valid reason for Bobby to be frustrated. And instead he reframed in that moment. And he said, you know what? I see this is not in your control. This is the process. These are the steps. Those are the steps I'll follow. You know, and then the guy just in his in his he then allowed him to see his son. But it what Jimmy, but but, but, but I, I just that moment, I think it was a very important lesson because it's like we need to focus on what we're trying to do, and sometimes we get caught up in rightness and wrongness, and it, it's like yes, you're right. And all these and everything this dude is saying is actually the law. But if you could just restrain yourself, and even though you're in the right, if you just rise above, he wasn't prepared for that. He was prepared for Bobby to be, you know, because he deals with that all day long. But it's just showing the power of that discipline was just like he didn't know how to handle it. It was like, oh, he's just gonna. Agree and walk out like well, I don't know. Okay, then come see your son. I don't even know what to do right now. Like, and I'm just saying, I love that. I'm just saying, I, I really love that scene as well. It, it just really spoke to 
this training and how it's going to manifest in so many different areas. Definitely. Definitely. And there was one quote that Ali, um, you know, gave to, uh, to Bobby in his training. And it was a Booker T. Washington quote. You can't hold a man down without staying down with him. Mm. And I thought, shout out to the founder of Tuskegee University, my alma mater, <laughs> the pride of the Swift Growing South <laughs> University in Tuskegee, Alabama. I heard, I heard they're getting electricity in 2025. You know, that lets us know how awesome we are. They're haters everywhere we go. Don't worry, sis. Don't worry, sis. Aubrey being down there, he can't stay down there. And that, <laughs> that, that, that mindset. Yeah, yeah. You know, he can't. If you're, you know, if you're holding the, people down, you're down. You rise, you rise it above me. Real time. This is that's, ridiculous. That's what that song said in Cool Running. Yeah, no, you rise come above it. Me, yeah, rise above it. But y'all, and there were, <laughs> and, and, and to Aubrey's point, like there were so there were so many things that were just actually it it's been a through line in our conversation but there are so many things that were small just a second or two of insight that really um told a much larger story just even the lack of race and gender diversity on the parole board when bobby went in to go and talk to the parole board it was essentially a bunch of white men and a white woman i think you know, maybe if I, I I think I remember there was one white woman, but it was all white and all white men for the most part. Um, there were so many moments like that where you got just enough of exposure to a piece of reality to know that there was something much larger, much broken, much, much larger that was broken that was playing out. So, y'all, I mean, I have pages and pages of notes, you know, yeah, uh, sure. so, you know, I, I think that we, we talked about the writing, the, the acting, um, we definitely dug into specific characters. Um, you know, we got into the music and the environment. I think we might be ready to vote. Let's do it. Realizing there's more we could discuss. Oh, we, I mean, we could do a whole yeah, you know, no. five part series on this, but yeah. Well, bro. Take us into the vote. Does this, does South Central get your deuce? Yes, it gets my deuce. And I'm actually looking for it. I'm probably going to watch the movie again pretty soon. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm glad we got to watch it for the first time all at the same time. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed this all the way around. Yeah, I, the South Central definitely gets my deuce because it made me want to learn more. You know, if I had six months to process this movie and we then did our um our podcast, I would oh, have come back goodness. with statistics and you oh, know, I, oh, I know a ton of data to kind of help um bring to life the truths that were that were really you know documented I thought very well in this movie. Um the other thing that we you know said it earlier but just want to say it again for the sake of like why this movie definitely gets my deuce there there were no caricatures. You know, there was there was mm -hmm. no character here and there were so many opportunities. I think about that genie lamp character. If there was anyone that could have been a coonery buffoonery, it could have been genie lamp. No, right. And it Listen. was just it was just a truthful character. We all have seen that man, you know, and it's like we like that is that is just a real 
person. And um, because it was all so truthful and um, there was a, a handling of the complexity of black identity right alongside like the handling of like black community. And, um, and it was just, I thought it was like, if there, I was, and I was thinking about this this morning, like it was like, it was handled delicately, but in a way that it was like, not with kid gloves, it wasn't to protect us viewers from understanding the truth. It was to ensure the truth was clear. It was like, it was, it was delicate in a way that it was like to enable accuracy and truthfulness in the storytelling, truth Mm -hmm. in the storytelling. It was not delicate in a way to like protect us or water down or mock. It was to, to, to shed some light, to shed some light, you know? And I just think about being able, people who who have lived those experiences, being able to watch this and say, somebody cared enough to write a holistic telling where they didn't just make it up. Oh, there was, they showed the layers. They showed the layers. Mm-hmm. Well, I will go back to my initial text messages after I watched the movie. And I said, I love South Central. <laughs> well, several L's and I put OMG, three exclamation points. I wish there was a South Central too. Those were my initial text messages. I have not wavered (laughs) from those initial text messages. I stand behind them. It absolutely gets my deuce um, for all the things that we have said, but also just because it was something that gave hope. And it didn't give hope in a way that, oh, everything will be perfect now. No. Bobby still had to get a job. Like if we're thinking about some real life things that were going on, Bobby still had to get a job. Jimmy still had to go back to the group home. Mm-hmm. The, you know, there. who knows what would have happened if he would have tried to get Carol because they still have to go back to that house where Carol comes back to. Like these are things that it doesn't tell you that this is about to be all great and everything is everything working out from here. No, it doesn't say that they're still about to live in a neighborhood that is ran by deuce. And now they're angry at the person who started deuces like this is a life that they are going to have to live in this community. But it gave you a sense of hope that they're going to do it together that he's fighting for his life and he's fighting for his family. And that although it will not be an easy trek, an easy journey, he is ready. He is ready and he is not wavering. Bobby is like, I'm going to get my son and this part of the community will be secured. And through there, more parts of the community will be secured. Um, and so I, I just, I did, I really enjoyed this movie. I really, really loved it. Um, and I am now looking forward because <laughs> I've seen Don't Be a Menace to Society, but in the while drinking your juice in the hood, but I have not seen it in the context of having seen all the movies. So <laughs> this is going to be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so, but with that, I, it absolutely, it's, it's got my deuce over a week ago. So I'm excited to be able to say that. We should that see if we is, can watch it on. We should see if we can watch it on one of those um, streaming services all together. That might be fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I like that. 
I like that. Y'all, there you have it. South Central is a classic from the right perspective. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye, Rosas. Love you. Bye, everybody. Bye, Sister Ralph.